My mind is going. <sighs> I can feel it. Okay. Maybe that's how I'll warm up one of these days. I'll do my best HAL 9000. Daisy. I was taught a song. Would you like to hear it? Would you like to hear it? Yes, Hal, I would. <laughs> Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keane, and today we're discussing Maggie. Released by Lionsgate Films and Roadside Attractions on May 8th, 2015. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Abigail Breslin, Jolie Richardson, Douglas M. Griffin, J.D. Evermore, Rachel Whitman Groves, and Jody Moore. Written by John Scott III, I think. Or possibly John Scott III. <laughs> like uh, McGee. Yes, and directed by Henry Hobson. I don't know if that's it's it's a three. It's a number. It's not Roman numeral three. It's yeah. John Scott three. Do you know what this name is? <laughs> I, I do not. I think it's John Scott three. That's what we're going with. Right. So that may be this may be the first time that we have almost the entire cast in uh, in our intro. Yeah, there's like th- two or three other actors in this yeah. whole movie, and that's about it. Not counting the occasional zombie, but yes, uh, there aren't even a lot of zombies. There's, no, I, I'll bet this cast is under two dozen. Yeah, I didn't count it, but it probably is. Yeah. So yeah, this is a movie neither one of us had seen, and it's one of the more recent, uh, or the most recent of his movies? I think it is his most recent movie. Okay, I thought so too. Uh, So yeah, I I, want to make sure we start off this one uh, giving a spoiler warning, because sorry, that freaked me out. Uh, That was my phone with the (laughs) reminder that I needed to record this. I know I kind of have to leave this in because that's that's hilarious. Uh, so what? Uh, but yeah, what I, this I, is really telling you is we're actually recording about 15 minutes earlier than we originally or I originally had scheduled. Uh, no, I was going to say uh, I want to make sure we give a spoiler yeah, warning. Yeah, this, th- one, this one is appropriate. It's it's re- recent enough that uh, it's we usually forget, but usually it doesn't matter. But this in this case, yeah, spoiler warning. This one's probably outside the uh, statue of limitations if you're Cosmo Kramer. <laughs> Yes. Uh, or the statue, because this is, this is pretty close. I don't know if it's been released. It's probably more than a year, but not much. Just over a year. It's May 8th, May 2015. 8th, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So what did you think? So I thought that this was a lot different than anything we had done before. Well, that's for sure. Uh, and I, I admit, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was different than, um, you know, what most, not only what a Schwarzenegger movie would be, but most zombie movies. Um, and I don't really know if it's that. I mean, I, I think it's actually something different. Yeah, I liked it too. I think it has some flaws that you know, I'll, I'll touch on as we go through. But uh, you know, I, I, I've, I'm always saying, and I think you agree that uh, I, I'd like to see Arnold in more like real acting roles, and this yeah. is it. Like, yeah. there's no question about it. He's acting, and he's. I was really. I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, here. I was. That was very impressed. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I, there are some things. I think it's it's a it's a pretty good movie. I definitely like in terms of not being the typical zombie movie. Uh, I part of me kind of thinks maybe this shouldn't have been a zombie movie. Like really, what this movie is at the core is it's a movie about terminal illness. Yeah. Uh, it just they just you know use the zombie genre to kind of cover that topic. But uh, I almost think it would have been better off if it had just been a straight drama. And not been a zombie movie because I think that that's the I, it it certainly didn't do this movie any favors because if you look at the reviews especially like customer reviews on Amazon and stuff like that 
people were expecting a zombie movie, especially when you're casting Arnold Schwarzenegger. People thought it would be like you know the typical body count right movie. And I it's, think that's it, not that at all. It's not that at all. So you know, I think there's no question in terms of like the the, the reaction. The fact that this is a zombie movie hurt the movie. I think if it had just been upfront about the fact, like, hey, look, this is about a father dealing with, you know, a, a, a daughter with a terminal illness, which is essentially what it's about. I think this movie would have done a lot better, or, or maybe not. I mean, maybe, maybe they needed that hook to like just get people to watch it. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I agree. It's it's it's. I, I liked it a lot too. Yeah. No, and I I guess I would echo a lot of what you you know kind of already covered that. You know, I'm not sure that it needed to be a zombie movie, and I don't know if it's just because that's not maybe not the flavor of the day, but there's a lot of that out there yeah. in in pop culture. Well, the screenplay was written in 2010, so I you know at least give it credit for not it, it wasn't deliberately, or at the very least, the, the screenplay wasn't designed to be you know writing the zombie wave. Yeah. yeah, but it, it's very possible that the movie got made because of all the zombie stuff going on. I'm just like, hey, there's this script, you know, let's let's get this made. Um, so in in uh, response to ramping that up, I guess why don't we dive in? Uh, okay, I mean I I definitely like you know in terms of body count, I want to just get it up front because it's like I don't think it's really appropriate <laughs> for this movie to be doing a body count. So you know he kills three zombies and there's one plus one at the end. Yes. Uh, so that's the body count. There's no puns. So I think we, I'm going to break Look at that our, housekeeping done yeah, up front. I'm going to break our usual uh, pattern because. I just don't want to do the... It's not... This is a very somber movie, if we weren't yeah. already clear. Like, we're talking about terminal illness. Like, it's... This movie is just so... Like, way more inappropriate even than, like, collateral damage or sabotage. Like, even those, we were kind of going like, ah, oh, this kind of feels gross to be doing a body count. This one, I'm not, not going to do it. <laughs> I, up front, there it is for. Yeah, I understand that. And, so. and really, I think outside of, uh, you know, the, the one at the end, I think the others are only in there because it's a zombie movie. I mean, if, if it was, as you said, a terminal illness... it. He probably wouldn't be there. And, you know, if, it depends on even if you count those, because Arnold kills three zombies. Is that, are those, they're already dead? Are you counting them as already dead? Like, it, it's, you could just, you could say one. And even in that case, it's borderline, you know? So, uh, again, spoiler warning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it starts with her phone call, right? And the, she's, she's calling. Uh, yeah, it's a voiceover with uh, Abigail Breslin as Maggie. Right. Um, leaving, I don't know if it's a voice, if it's a, you know, a voicemail or it's, it's got to be, because. I think it's a voicemail that's left and basically says that, you know, she took off and is in the city, which the city is not, not the place to be. Right. There's, it's, it's under martial law and there's right. a curfew, et cetera. Uh, this is Kansas City. They're never, I don't know if they're never full-on say that at some point. Yeah, no, they do because um, very late in the movie when uh, Maggie and her friends aren't going oh, into yeah. the city, they do reference she, Kansas City. She does they're, say, like, oh, I'm not a big shot. It goes into Kansas City. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I do think it's a, a good way, um, both the laying out where Maggie is and you know what Arnold as Wade uh, is doing and has been doing, but also they use then NPR on the radio as Arnold's driving around in his truck. I do think it's a good you know backdrop of getting you the necessary information. Whether or not it needed to be a zombie movie, as you said, yeah. if it made that choice, I do think it's a good way to deliver that. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of pretty much right away you have. A, all the context you need that it's uh, you know the the there was a virus that flared up a few months earlier that now the government is sort of getting a handle on it, which is this is one of the few zombie movies I've seen where 
like it's basically like on the way out. Like you know, most zombie movies are apocalyptic. This is right. not an apocalyptic movie. No. You know, again, it's more it's more like a real like outbreak. Yes. You know, there, it had a flare up and it like burned through a whole lot of people and took a lot of lives and now it's kind of burning out. Uh, literally, literally burning out because they're burning crops and things like that. So right. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think it's, they do a good job just getting that out of the way. It's something you have to do just to explain what this world's version of zombies is. But uh, yeah, they, they clearly are not that interested in zombie lore. So you know, you, I, I, I wanted to ask the question of you. So this is Abigail Breslin's second zombie movie. Do you think that that also, I guess, factored in the you know the kind of the. Um, Reviews, at least user reviews on Amazon, that again they expected one thing and got something completely different. I hadn't considered that, but yeah, you could be right because that one's a much like, more lighthearted. Yes, like, extremely lighthearted. Yeah, dark, I mean maybe dark comedy, but de- definitely comedy. It's borderline whether it's dark, you know, or worse. I, I I don't know because I don't think people are really, you know, looking at oh an Abigail Breslin zombie movie that must be like I don't think people are going to make assumptions based on that. Whereas. An Arnold movie, people are making assumptions. That's probably those. true. Uh, but it, there may be some of that. I mean, it's, it's something I didn't think about, so you could be right. Uh, before we move on too far, it, I, 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 one thing about this movie that I'm not... Like, it, it seemed, it, this feels like, a, feels like a movie, and it's one of the things I think I'm going to be a little critical about, is this feels like a movie that was kind of figured out in the editing room. Like, I don't know what... The, I would, I'd be very curious to see, to read the screenplay and see how much it's similar or differs, because... The style of this movie is very. Uh, I wrote down like Terrence Malick light, you know. No, that's Which, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen a ton of Terrence Malick movies. I'm not a big fan, to be honest. Neither am I. Uh, I think probably the uh, Thin Red Line is probably the only thing I can think of that I've seen. Yeah, and well, I've seen uh, I've seen parts of uh, Tree of Life and just went like, this is not for me. <laughs> it's the thing that I've I've talked about in the past of just I like a plot, you know. I like yeah. I like stories to have momentum and to be moving forward and his. His movies are not that, and you know that they have a following, and you know people. Right. You know, it's just not for me. Uh, and this movie feels it has the feel of a Terrence Malick movie, but it's also it doesn't suffer from the lack of. Like, it does have a story, and yeah. you know I don't think it has the same problems that Terrence Malick movies have, in my opinion. Uh, but he's he's very known for like you know just just shooting a bunch of stuff and putting it together in the editing room, and there's a story about. Uh, 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 not Crispin Glover. Who am I thinking of? Uh, he was in, uh, Adrian Brody. Okay. Adrian Brody, basically, like, he was originally going to be the star of The Thin and the Red Line, and then by the end of the editing process, he had zero lines. He was the wow. lead of the movie, and then went from the lead of the movie to zero lines. I never read that. That's crazy. It's an insane story. Uh, but, yeah, just the, uh, this movie has a lot of that of just, like, here's a shot of a field, and, you know, someone's talking. There's a voiceover talking, and it's just a field. Now here's a shot of a windowsill. Uh, and the reason why I bring this up at the beginning I want to play, like, I, I watched the trailer, and the trailer had totally different dialogue, and I don't know if it was just written for the trailer. So let's just watch, let's watch the opening, like, voiceover of Maggie leaving that voicemail. Yep. And then I'm going to play the trailer. Just listen to the difference. Dad, I've gone to the city. This is the movie. Yep. Please don't come for me. There's a curfew here. Just, just keep them safe. I'm sorry. I love you. Okay, so that was the movie. It's just, the credits are rolling. It's yeah. just voiceover. And then here's the trailer. And I assume this is from the, supposed to be from that same voiceover. But here's, here's the trailer. 
Dad, you've protected me all my life. Now it's my turn to protect you. Right, and it sounds like it's from it's supposed to be from that same voice. Yeah, I think so. There is life with you, not with me. Okay, I think that's it. Yeah, that's interesting because I I did not check out any of the trailers. I guess I should have. That's. I mean, no, nowhere is any of that anywhere in that movie. Yeah, it doesn't have like the the phone. Like they didn't do any of the post processing on it. But I, I, it seems like it. I mean, maybe they just recorded that for the trailer. But like I just I, I saw that trailer and just like it's completely different. It's the yeah. kind of thing where it, this seems like the kind of movie where they just kind of uh, you know just recorded a whole bunch of stuff and just put it together like a, like a jigsaw. And you know it's it, it comes together well, but there are, it, it does kind of have that disjointed feel. I mean, I think intentionally, but it. it I just think it's interesting that it's that kind of a movie. It, yeah. it, it feels like it was just sort of figured out after the fact. No, I, I hadn't made that observation watching it the couple of times I did it for this, but I definitely certainly seen that trailer um, would lead you to believe that. And I, I could agree with you that the, the feel of it overall um, was a little disjointed, but I, I still think ultimately it gets gets to the, I don't know if it's the right place, but gets to a place that it yeah. doesn't just meander and then kind of fall off a cliff. No, it's a style. It's not necessarily to its detriment. It's just, I just think, uh, you know, uh, there's so many instances where they'll just be, you know, cut to the dinner table, and yeah. I'm sure we'll get to specifics, but we'll cut to the dinner table and there's like two lines of dialogue and then we're on to something else. It's like, yes. oh, I bet they filmed the whole scene and, and just, just took out, mo- yeah, right, just took out the part much that he wanted to use. But anyway, it's just... Stylistically, it's something that like, permeates this whole movie. So I just wanted to touch no, on it. No, it is interesting you say that because I, I did have somewhere I, a little bit later on that I was having trouble some, <laughs> in my notes a little bit because I'm like, man, there isn't much to this scene. And yeah. You're basically moving on to the next one. I was like, I don't even know if I need to address that. So yeah, that, that is interesting, and I hadn't thought about it that way. It's kind of almost – I mean, this is, this is maybe painting it in, uh, with a brush that I shouldn't be, but it's almost like a 90-minute montage. Like the whole movie is sort of pieced together, and yeah. it, but it works. It's just you know, uh, yeah. It's not it's not a, the kind of movie that has like full scenes. There's a couple when they happen, you notice it. Yeah, like oh, we're we're waiting, we're we're here for a while. For a while, but there is you're right. There is a lot of different spots where you you don't spend a lot of time yeah. there. I don't dislike it. It's just it's yeah. just interesting. Yeah, Arnold. Anyway, NPR. I, I derailed this, but no, uh, no worries. He's, he's driving into the city. Yeah, he's driving into the city, and um, so we get then the first scene with Doctor Vern and. Um, we're getting ultimately what the, the diagnosis is. Oh, no, I'm, it, I take that back. It's not Dr. Vern. You, you eventually get that. He, he, named, he, drive, he name checks Dr. Vern. He says, yes. oh, I'm, doing Dr. I'm doing Vern a favor. Yes, um, yes. The doctor, I, I guess it's the emergency room at you know, some hospital in Kansas City. Yeah, he kind of he just gives the prognosis of just, I think she, he says she's got eight weeks or whatever. And yes. She's got to come back to the, she, he shouldn't be releasing her at all. But, but Vern basically pulled some strings. Yeah. And she's going back home instead of to quarantine where yeah. long term she needs to be. Yeah. So here's my question for you. And this is, again, I did like the movie and I, I don't want to be too critical, but I think this is one mistake the movie makes. Well, I was going to ask you a question and now I've already like stated my opinion. But I think it's a mistake that Maggie is already basically dying or she's already been bitten when we meet her. Because I don't know about you, but like I didn't really... I felt like I should be feeling more emotion than I was. Like, I wish I it was really more emotionally engaged in this movie. It's a weird thing to be talking about in Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, podcast. it is very this, much so. This, this is going to be a very different episode than a typical episode. It's clear, but uh, like, I think I think it was just as I was watching it, I I knew she was like doomed, and so it's one of those situations. It's like the the you know like 
guys in Vietnam or whatever, like the, the guy right out of boot camp would show up and like they wouldn't be friends with him because they know he's going to die. It's like, right. don't, don't get engaged because you're just going to lose a friend. Like, I don't know. For me, it was like, I don't, I don't feel anything for her because I, I, I had this like tendency, you know, I don't know if it's just human nature or if it's just me, but like, you know, I, I just kept the movie at arm's length. I'm going like, well, she's going to die. I don't, I don't want to like engage with the movie on that level. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that, but to me, I didn't think that I didn't have an issue, I guess, engaging, but I agree with you that I wasn't all that attached or invested in, in Maggie. But what I think it was more about is Wade and, and Arnold, and I, I think it delivers there because you're right. You yeah. know that she's doomed, and it's just a question of what you see in the, you know, what ultimately happens, but you know one way or another she's doomed. It's right. just just a question of how. Yes, and, and then if the movie makes the choice to show you because you don't, you don't know that. Yeah. Um, but what I think... I think the intention was, and at least for me, I think that it worked, is it was more of to see the choices that um, Wade, yeah, played agree. by Arnold, would, would have to make. I agree. And I, I definitely, like, you know, I, I was connected to, you know, with Wade's story and like, what he was going through. And I imagine, like, you know, myself not being a father, maybe I wasn't quite as yeah, involved. Yeah, it, like, it, it, it could be, be that, too. Yeah. But, you know, there were a couple instances where I have in my notes that, you know, that the movie, I think, does a good job of, Showing to the audience as well as Wade at the same time, here's what the alternatives are going to look like. So when you get to the end, yeah. basically, which alternative is he going to choose? No, I mean, none of them are good options. It's just a question of which one he chooses. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. Like, that's, that's something the movie does very well, is yeah. presenting, giving examples. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he takes her out of the hospital. They stop at a gas station. Yeah, so I had a question for you on this, on this gas station. My question to you is, do you think it's the zombie apocalypse that did in the cart and carry, or was it just the location that that place was doomed no matter what? I didn't even notice. It just, not- I don't know. You know. It's in between Kansas City, but it seems like it's really far out, and it just seems like it was a rundown, crappy gas station oh, it definitely well like before any kind of outbreak. Yeah. I mean, this movie kind of has... It, it, it's a little ambiguous in terms of like the time period that, that it's in, because, you know... Maggie's using a cell phone, a smartphone yep. at points, but then they're also using rotary phones, and it may just be that they just have a bunch of old stuff. That, thank so you th- for th- this. This this place looks like it's right out of the eighties, like this. this yeah, gas, this, they, yeah, this gas station. The gas station, and then you know the farmhouse. Obviously, you know looks like Clark Kent was living there. Yeah, it does. Uh, but yeah, thank you for pointing out the rotary phone before I could, because I. I didn't even know if rotary phones could still work. I had a note saying, I wonder if they had to teach Abigail Breslin how to use a rotary phone. <laughs> seriously, I, she's so young, I can't imagine she's ever had to use one. Just mashing the keys, why won't this work? <laughs> I, I mean, shouldn't say the keys, but mashing the numbers, why won't this work? Just which way? I mean, it's the kind of thing where, you, I mean, I, I'm sure you had a rotary phone. We did, we're, yeah. We're very, very, very young. Like, yeah. We're in our 30s, and we're barely young enough to, to remember that. Or old enough, I guess, to remember. So, like... Yeah, I don't know if she would know which way to turn the dial. It's like we take it for granted, but I don't know if she no. would know. Uh, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, <laughs> that was strange. But yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I guess it takes place in the present day, but I, I think it was supposed to. But the the rotary phone definitely jumped out. And this, I, I'm gonna just put it out there: this gas station was long past its prime before before the the uh, the zombie outbreak. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's clear. So yeah, Arnold gets some gas and uh, is going in to pay for it. And um, he, he encounters, when he needs to go use the, uh, the bathroom because there's nobody around, he, uh, he, he finds a surprise in the bathroom. Yeah, and there's, there's basically the only zombie attack in this movie. Yep. And I, I mean, or on screen anyway. Yeah, and I, I, I felt like the, the whole point of this entire scene was just to reinforce that, yes, 
they are, you know, zombies and they can get angry and attack. And because that's what this movie is, we need to show one. And let's just get it out of the way really early. I guess because, yeah, maybe maybe that's why the scene's there is because the rest of this movie, the zombies don't really seem like a threat. And it, if, if this scene wasn't there, maybe you would think, how did anyone ever get bit? They're so easy. To, like, then they're so, like, sparse. Like, there aren't a lot of. It's, right. not, it's not the kind of movie. It's not like Walking Dead where they're just like, the streets are packed with zombies. Right. Yeah, I, I, maybe that's why that scene's there, just to make, make it clear that the zombies are a threat. Right. And even if it is, as you said, kind of somewhat contained and under control, it's, it's still not 100% yeah. under control. And, and this is one of my minor gripes, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but like, I, I wasn't sure. Like, I, part of me kind of thought this scene shouldn't have been in the movie because I think it does set, set you up with an expectation of just like, oh, there's going to be zombie attacks, and it's going to be like exciting zombie stuff. And this is really the only time yeah. there's any kind of like traditional zombie peril. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, at all. So, I mean, I had a note just going like, maybe this, this is the reason why it sets up expectations. Like oh, people, you know, all the, all the negative Amazon reviews. Sometimes it's unrealistic expectations, but I, I do think that having Arnold Schwarzenegger and then this scene, yeah. especially cause you're not that far in You're pro- you're only a few minutes into the movie yeah, that you've got this basically right at the front. Yeah. So, it's the, the old millhouse. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> I do understand why you know some people might get frustrated. Would it would be like if millhouse set, or if Pucci set off one firework. Yes, and then it's like here there are but more coming, and then no more. No, fireworks. Th- nothing else comes. <laughs> but maybe you do need the scene. I'm no screenwriter, and I've stopped pretending to be one long ago. <laughs> so you know, maybe 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 you need the scene. So they uh, after after that bit of action, they uh, get back on the road. You do see some of the the crops before that have been, uh, been alluded to on the radio being burned uh, on their drive back. And then what I have here is you uh, you you go back and it's basically we need to meet the family. Uh, and then I think it does do a good job, and then it's logical that it it's showing. I think pretty succinctly that it's a second marriage right? and that the younger kids are with the new wife, but then those kids aren't going to be in this movie very much because justifiably so they're going to take them somewhere where, where they're safer. But I, I think it's a good way of setting up that dynamic that, that it's a stepmother, which, you know, could, you know, right. I mean, that, that definitely has plot ramifications later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even remember. Is does someone say, you know, stepdaughter or they it don't. seems like they pretty much just present it through the context just the way they interact with each other that's my memory of it is yeah no it it nobody says step you get it later right but it i think it does set it up just because of the age difference yeah it leads you to it leads you down that path especially because you know the um caroline looks significantly different from what um Maggie looks like. Yeah, I mean, the movie makes it clear one way or another. I just don't remember how it did it, so it must have done a good job. Like, it made, it's very clear. I, I have it. It's it's much much later when Caroline's leaving. You know, right? The, it poses the question of if this were you know Bobby or Molly, and she immediately you know cuts him off. So at that point is when it officially puts it out there. It confirms. That, what it confirms much that argued. it's a blended family, but. Um, so I, you know, I just had it that yeah, that effectively you you make this introduction, but then these other kids, you're not going to really see them. Yeah, are you? Because I'm remembering now that you you had questions about uh, uh, in Commando about uh, oh <laughs> the the offspring. Yeah, this is plausible to you. Abigail yeah, Breslin? I yeah, I, I for some reason I I don't know why with Alyssa Milano yeah. I just have had uh, 
had that stuck in my craw that I, I just do not see Alyssa Milano and Arnold Schwarzenegger being uh, in the same family. Okay, I, mean, I buy I buy both, but it's just you know. So, so this one's more plausible to you. Than yeah, and one. you know another thing too that's more plausible, both here in this scene, but even in the initial in the hospital with Maggie, in collateral damage, which we just did, they you know tried so hard to to make Arnold you know seem like he was a family man and really invest in his family, right? And it, it really didn't work. And I, I you know seeing this, maybe it's just age. I mean, obviously he's. Uh, it's a different type of movie, but he's also a lot older and further along in his career. But maybe he also was the director in the script. I don't know, because this is far more believable than what they were trying to accomplish in Collateral Damage. Well, oh, I think performance also. I think Arnold's performance yep. is very different. And he's, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to insinuate that he wasn't trying hard in Collateral Damage, but maybe he wasn't trying very hard in Collateral <laughs> Damage. So, but here he's really giving it at all. And he, I, think, I think he deserves a lot of the credit for that. You know, also, you know, even though I would like, have liked to have seen their relationship before Maggie got bit. Uh, you know, I think you get a sense of it through Arnold's performance. And you, yeah. you, you know, it's, they managed to get by without it. I think I saw, there was an interview with the director who, this is his, the director's first movie. I, I forgot his name already, but uh, I've got it out somewhere in my notes, but uh, he came from like, like title design. Like he would design oh. like opening titles of movies and he did like a montage of the Academy Awards. Like that's where he comes from. Which you would never guess watching no. this movie. Like he would, I would have thought he was a cinematographer, you know, something like that. Because this movie is so like, I don't know, painterly is maybe too strong a word, yeah. but it's 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 it's, it's, yeah, it's painterly. I'll, yeah. I'll say it's painterly. Uh, I think it's fair. Yeah, but uh, he was saying that he he cast Arnold like as basically saying like, oh, he's spent his whole career being like the protective father, or I guess like commando and stuff like that. So basically, he just he cast Arnold so that. You just assume that he is going to be that guy. He's you don't have to ju- you don't have to explain that he's you know tr- doing his best to protect Maggie. Like you just know that because it's Arnold, right? Which it's, which is funny to me because you think about Commando and all those movies that have to they really have to go to so to lengths to justify how much he cares for his family. So you know, but I mean he was right. It worked. Yeah, and uh, I know that Schwarzenegger wanted to do it because I I think on when I was watching it on Amazon, the trivia from Amazon is that he agreed to do it for zero dollars, yeah. so he just wanted to do it. Well, I'm sure he had a cut of the profits, but I don't think this movie made any money. So, yeah, you know, I'll bet he he basically made no money for this. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it sounds like he just liked the script enough. He wanted to help get it made. You know, I, I think it's one of the reasons. Part of it is the zombie craze, and part of it is also, you know, once Arnold was attached. They were able to raise the money. Like that's kind of how it works in a lot of cases. So. Yeah. Uh, so you get a little bit here before the the kids are are carted away, but you get uh, a good scene up on the roof with Bobby and Maggie and and Bobby for you know child actor. And I, I think those uh, those two siblings. I think those the child actors. I think they're actually brother and real brother and sister. Oh, okay. Um, unless they just so happen to have the last same last name, but I can't imagine. I didn't look it up, but I I can't imagine that. Oh, I didn't even notice that. But. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'll, I'm, I would imagine they cast the Bobby and then just, you know, because the, 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 what's the, the girl's name? It's Bobby and... Molly. Molly. She doesn't, yeah, she doesn't have She really much. only has one scene where she's like, oh, are you okay? Like, you got hurt? Yeah. Like, that's about it. Whereas he has a real scene. And yeah. like, that, that child actor who plays Bobby, I, I mean, I don't know who that is, but he, that, he's really good in that scene. Yeah, no, that <laughs> is a, a great scene and... Uh, it outlines you know, somebody in his school had had gotten the sickness and turning. Yeah, he said he didn't really like him, but didn't want him to die either. And I, he does a, a very believable job. I mean, that kid. As soon as you see him, he, he looks troubled, and yeah. you, you could understand why. I mean, 
uh, it's a miracle that, uh, you know, uh, Molly is as unscathed as she is, apparently. Like, she seems just like a happy kid, with, you know, considering that there's a zombie apocalypse around. Right. But yeah, that's a good scene up on the roof. Yeah, so then after that, uh, Wade... Oh, by the way, I just got to, because I'm, I'll say it many times, I have to say this is still, as much as I like Arnold, this is the second best Wade <clears throat> that's ever been in cinema because nobody will ever top <laughs> yes. Wade from Fargo. It's impossible to top Wade from Fargo. So I didn't want to bring it up, but, you know. Uh, Wade Gustafson, please. Because <laughs> now, we're, now we're, here comes the two-minute tangent about Fargo. You know? uh, no, I'm, I'm going to get us right back on track, but I'm just saying it right <laughs> no. now. He's the second best Wade ever. I have to do at least one or two Wade quotes just to get out of his Are you going to give Wade's death, which is probably the greatest death of all go, time? I was going to go, what you watching, Wade? Gopher. Gopher. <laughs> Who's winning? Ooh. He makes the sound that he makes later when he dies. Spoiler for Fargo. <laughs> yes, Wade dies, and it's one of the greatest deaths of all time. Oh, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really amazing. See, right. we, we, can't, we can't. If we ended up doing a, if we ever did a Fargo podcast, it would be six hours long. Uh, yes. Uh, but moving on away from Fargo. Yes, back to Kansas City, or at least outside Kansas City. Uh, so Maggie is settling in, and Wade has effectively just gone and dropped the kids off. This, this yeah. is one of those where that's all I had, and that basically is the, those entire scenes. Well, she's got a pamphlet, and it's, it's, yeah. it gives, like, you know. From the hospital. Uh, yeah, some advice. It basically just says, if you have any symptoms, go to quarantine right away. Like, there's really, it's not the kind of, like, you know, sickness that it's, you're going to, like. There, you have um, options. Yeah. I mean. So, I mean, I'm not sure what really this pamphlet says. Also, that the fact that. It's called the necroambulist virus. I, yes. I think that's actually like, I like the fact that they try to like come up with a, a Latin, you know, derivative name. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it, it sounds plausible enough that, you know, I, I don't think any other zombie stories that I can remember, like name the virus. It's just like, Oh, it's the zombie virus or yeah. it's the, the virus, you know, like the, this one actually like makes, makes an attempt. Yeah. It actually is like be clinical medically plausible. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I agree. Uh, so when Wade gets back, we get that he was out for two weeks, uh, which, which I did have total recall in my head when, when I got two weeks. I said, I wish they, I, I had the note. I wish they would have picked a different time frame. It would have been so much easier for me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that, but... Uh, I, I couldn't get it out of my head. I'm surprised I didn't. Uh, yeah, and that, this, is, this is, I think, where he, he talks about how he, he, he promised Maggie's mother that, yeah. he, that he would protect Maggie, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, I think that's part of why I, his performance, Arnold's performance, is so good. Is just you know, the pain that he's going through in terms of like he wasn't able to protect her. He yeah. promised he promised his you know late wife that he was going to protect her, their daughter, and she's dying. It's like that's that's a rough thing. You know, you, you see it in his eyes. Like he, he's really given that performance. It's rough. And so another question I had for you is I I don't think we need to know it, but maybe maybe you can speculate on it because you never get. Was she running away from home? Is that why she went to the sea? I and I don't think you have to have it, but I just think it's interest. It would be interesting to maybe get a little bit more to know why she left. I mean, I jumped to the conclusion, and I think actually, I think the the line in the trailer that we played a bit ago actually makes it more clear. Where she says something about, you know, you're you're not safe, or you know, I need to go so you'll be safe. Basically, like I think she got bit somewhere on the farm or near the farm, oh. and she went. You know, I'm just going to go to the city and go to the quarantine zone. You know, I don't know. He, okay. he probably told her, no, stay here. We'll take care of you. And she, but she ran off. All right. That's interesting because for me, 
I mean, you eventually get a little bit of the scenes of her, you know, nightmares of being bit. Right. And you can't really tell. But see, to me, I thought it was in Kansas City, just naturally yeah. from Walking Dead of being, oh, there's way more zombies in urban areas. So that's probably what happened. And it's like, well, she kind of brought this on herself. That makes sense that maybe, no, it was that it was a random accident and she just tried to get away. Yeah. I assumed that the first time. I, I, like, I was like maybe 40 minutes into the movie, the, the first time watching it and going like, Assuming that, and then at some point I kind of clicked. I went like, "Oh wait, I think no, I think she got bit on the farm, and then then went to the city." It's never really clear. And there's a scene later. I'm just going to jump ahead. Uh, I forget the kid's name. Where they're they're in the back of that school bus, and he Trent. T- Trent, yes, thank you. And he tells the story about he got bit about how he got bit. Yeah. And I'm just going like, is she going to? Like that would have been an appropriate time. I think we we should know. I wish the movie had told us. I mean, sometimes it's better for a movie to leave things a mystery, but this is one thing I think the movie should have. I don't think, in on a little bit. Right. I mean, I, it's, this isn't a type of movie where you're trying to have suspense, you know, right? I mean, well, now, I, I take that back. There is some, there's some. There's some stuff that they do. But with that, I don't think it takes away from anything else to, to give you that piece of information. But Yeah, what does it gain to not I, fill in that information? I mean, it's not really a mystery that needs to be a mystery, right? No, I, mean, I, I don't think so. Yeah, so I, I mean, maybe they just didn't think it was important. Like, it's just not relevant to the story they're telling, which to a certain degree, that's true, but... I would have liked to have known. So the uh, the next scene is uh, breakfast, kind of the next morning. And to me, what I had is it, it was almost, this is almost more of a, a, a teenager with, you know, her stepmom and, and yeah. dad. You know, it almost takes you outside of kind of the terminal illness. Now, that may be some of the, you know, the, the root cause uh, for what the symptoms you're, you're seeing, which is the tension. But it, I thought it was, it's short, but it was interesting that uh, it, it didn't, it didn't feel like the terminal illness movie. No, I mean she reacts the same way as if her stepmother had said, "Oh, you're wearing that dress," or right. you know, like it, she, she doesn't react. It's not it has nothing to do with her illness. Just, yeah, it could be just virus. right. A- any any teenage you know push and pull. Yeah, but you can understand from Caroline's point of view, like that it is gross. You know, yeah. I, I don't think it was an unreasonable request, but she is but she's a teenager. She's a teenager and obviously in a really bad place uh, emotionally. So yeah, it's probably a. a no-win situation for Caroline really to say anything. I guess. Uh, and then you get a little bit about, you know, Caroline's, you know, um, pretty religious or at least fairly religious and her faith is kind of being tested. doesn't really go anywhere. No. Um, so maybe that's one of those things that it was a scene. This is, this is a little bit to this scene. Maybe it was longer or maybe it comes up somewhere in some other scene that got cut, but it, it never kind of really goes anywhere. I mean, there is a little bit of religious overtone uh, I mean, it's it's related to the ending. Should we yeah. just talk about it? Sure. Okay, because you know, last time spoiler warning for this for the ending. So you know, when when Maggie dies at the end, and there's like a lot of very like very angelic. Yeah, yep. like there's the the shot of the daisy, and she picks the daisy. It's like her as a little girl, and right. then you see her mother. And her mother like reaches out her hand, and Maggie as a child takes her hand, and they like walk, and it's like it's it's sort of. Afterlife ish, like yeah. that's kind of that kind of. I mean, thing I think that's what a, that that's what you should take from that. Yeah. So I mean, I, th- I think you know Caroline's religion. It doesn't have any real like plot relevance, but I think this, the movie is kind of going for you know it's a slightly spiritual thing. Yeah, but at least in terms of Caroline, it, it doesn't. No, nothing yeah. ever really comes of that. Not really. And then at least what I have, then we got another couple of just really fast scenes. Maggie, you know. Call some friends, doesn't leave a message, and Wade's burning crops, and it's like, man, you're just off of those. That, that's it. I mean, yeah. It's funny because like, it's, it's hard to talk about this movie on a podcast because 
it is all very kind of uh, languid and like it's it's this movie has a lot of room to breathe. Like if you really like just you know we're just going through this scene you know beat by beat and each one of these beats that we're talking about, I think we're probably this this is going to be a very short episode because each one of these beats is probably a couple of minutes. It's like it'll be you know, yeah. shots of nature. It'll be. You know, just a shot of there's a, there is like a shot of like the crucifix of Caroline's crucifix, just like yeah, you know, three seconds of just music and you know images. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times that I had had the uh, closed captioning on, or the closed captioning just says somber music plays. You know, it's like that must have popped up thirty times. I believe that just, there's just sequences of you know imagery and somber music, and you know maybe you know Wade burning his crops, but. It's just an it's just a lot of images of like Wade standing in a field and it's burning. It's like it's a lot of great imagery, but you know it is kind of just it's it's hard to discuss a movie that is so image like imagery driven. Yeah, on a podcast. I don't know really. So I, I guess on the music, you know, you're you're the score uh, the score master. Where where do you put this one? I don't know if it's a score master, but well, uh, you know I, what I mean. Yeah, I, I I liked it. I don't know if it's something I would listen to. Outside of the context of the movie, it fit the movie. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't tend to listen to a ton of scores outside of the movie. Some. Yeah, see, I do. Yeah, no, I know you do. But I do think that this one felt like it, it fit very well. So I think for yeah. w- w- its intention, I think it was it, good. It seemed kind of like, uh, you ever heard of Sigur Ross? No. I think they're, they're Norwegian, or I forget where they're from. But they, okay. they, they do music that's kind of like, it's sort of in the same vein as this score. And I like Sigur Ross, but I, th- I don't think this stuff is quite as good. So, I, you know, but it's fine. Yeah, it does the job. Yeah. Utilitarian. We've had that a few times. <laughs> I, I don't think it's utilitarian. I, I, I think that, that, that sounds like a slight. It's, a, it's appropriate. I think that's what I'd say. <laughs> so then I've got where we, we the next morning, we kind of get uh, daily life. I was glad to see Arnold's uh, chopping wood again, even in, uh, yeah. in, in his 70s. It's a little underwhelming to two episodes after Commando. Or yes. Like, That's not a lot of wood. No, it's not. <laughs> um, but this is one of those scenes I think you, know, you kind of alluded to where we're going to be here a while. So this one does uh, sit, and there's a little bit more going on. Yeah, so there's a bit, there's a little thing where Maggie finds a toy soldier like on a horse in the grass. You remember yeah. that? What is that about? Like, I, I wasn't sure like, if there was really, if it was just more imagery, if there was some plot thing that I missed. I don't, I don't think there was any plot thing that, you know, I, I took it as it was a reminder that Bobby wasn't there and, you know, she's kind of enjoying the swing and probably, you know, most times now, the only time that swing is getting used is if she's, if she's out there with them, she's pushing them as opposed to actually being on herself. There oh, may right. be something more to it in terms of um, a metaphor, yeah, for that toy. But if there is, I missed it. No, that's that makes sense. Actually, I didn't think about it. Yeah, if it's Bobby's toy. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a lot of ominous tomato chopping. Yes, she's on the swing, and, and Caroline's chopping tomatoes, and it, it, it kind of telegraphs something bad is going to happen because it's just super ominous for like 45 seconds of just chopping tomatoes and swinging and chopping tomatoes, and just like, oh, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. But this is the first instance I had where that yes, the ominous was there, and like. Again, having never seen this, not really known anybody, hadn't heard anything, you don't know what it's going to be. And right. I do think the movie, in all the instances it does that, I think it does a good job of not being overly suspenseful and ominous, but being interesting enough. See, I think there, in, in certain spots, it could have stood to be more suspenseful. I, don't think, okay. I, don't, I think this, this scene's fine. Like, I, think, I, I don't mind the, the telegraphing of it, because... You know, it does kind of put you on edge. It's just like uh, something I don't like. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Yeah. So you know, it's this this scene is really effective for sure. Uh, yeah, 
and it has to set up that knife because it's going to come into play in a, in a second. Like that's right. It's almost like Chekhov's gun. Like if there's a knife, if it's gun, there, it needs to be it's used. Going to be used. But she she falls off the swing. I guess she just kind of like loses consciousness or something. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, that's what I took. Is that something happened that she lost consciousness? Oh, I guess this is where we get the first flashback, right? Yeah, yeah. and then from that, whether she hits her head because she fell off the swing, or whatever, but she gets her first flashback of um, being bit. Yeah, so you do like you were saying earlier, you do little glimpses, but it's not enough to tell what to happened. tell where it is. I mean, that that's the key missing element is you you never really can tell where it is. It it's could just, could have been anywhere. Like flashes, like extreme close ups of a zombie yep. attacking her, and that's really all you ever see. That's all you get. Yeah, but she's broken her finger yes. or something. She did something to her finger. <laughs> she did something to finger where it's bleeding. Uh, yeah, I, and it I, doesn't I, look good. Well, it doesn't look good in a couple of different ways because I think this make this whatever this fake finger they have. I think it's a low budget movie, but I, I wasn't. Sure, like, it was just the point where I wasn't sure what happened. I was like, is it broken or did she like just slice it or? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it is bleeding. You're right, but it also it looks broken and it's. Just, I'm, yeah, I don't know what happened, but she hurt. She hurt her finger. I guess is all that matters. Yes, and um, she she doesn't like the sight of. Her, her own blood anymore and goes in and, yes, chops her finger off. Yeah, she takes that, that tomato knife. It had to be used, as you said. Uh, that's one thing I think, you know, I guess the rules, the zombie rules aren't, don't need to be all that clear, but was she worried about? I'm, I'm sure what she was really worried about. I guess she, she just figured, like, she thinks she's going to lose the arm anyway. So yeah, so she, uh, that's what I took it as, is that she just, because she didn't feel anything, it's like, I don't, I don't like the way this looks, I'm just going to cut it off. <laughs> it's pretty extreme if that's all yeah. it is, like. Eh, I'll just you know take care of this myself. Like, yeah, I'm not. I mean, they it all they do it off camera, so it's not like super gory or anything. But no, so. and that's not the tone of what this movie was no. going for. So then she runs out of the house and out into the fields and into the trees and runs into a the, uh, a couple of other zombies. Yeah, the neighbors. Yes, uh, I got the name here. Is it somewhere? Nathan and I don't know the the, the, the little girl. Is. I I didn't have it. Yeah, but they're they're their neighbors and. There's a little bit like another, another suspense moment where like she hears a twig snap. She's like, "Oh!" and it's it's just Wade, right? And he takes care of uh, these two zombies. Here's the other two. Well, I said I wasn't gonna do it, but they're, they're, <laughs> this this will just like, take care of it. Those are the other two. Yeah, you know it. Old habits die hard. I they, it, it is hard to to break uh, <laughs> break precedent. Uh, but you know, I I think this. I think Arnold does a pretty good job in this scene too, because he's he's pretty reluctant to to do what needs to be done. I mean, you yeah. know, well, he knows these people, yeah. especially I mean, obviously a little girl. Like, like I said, you learn later she was four. Like, yeah, I'd be reluctant too. Like, yeah, it's, that's the thing. Like, you know, I think there, there aren't a lot of zombie stories. I think Walking Dead handles this pretty well. The show where you know of just like showing how different. Like, you know, I, I, there are a lot of zombie stories where it's just like, oh, they're monsters. Kill right. them. Like there aren't a lot that acknowledge that like these were people that you, you could very well know. And like to me, that's the thing that's most troubling about a zombie story. And like, this this movie really leans into that, you know, and does well. Like yeah, he, he knows both of them, and he's of course he's reluctant to to do what he has to do. Yeah, it's hard because you know maybe in the back of your mind you think, is this really completely irreversible? And especially, yeah. I don't remember a lot. Not that I'm a huge zombie you know movie fan. But I do remember the, the distinctly in the pilot for Walking Dead, they go out of their way to have the first most menace, the first and pretty menacing zombie that Rick Grimes encounters is like a four or five year old little girl, yeah. and and he has the same, you know, he has a difficult time, but ultimately he he 
kills her. Well, right. I don't know if he kills her or whatever. He, he stops the zombie because yeah. that's the argument. Are they already dead? You know, whatever. So, yeah, she, she may still be moving around when he's done with her, but yes. he, he at least takes care of her. Yes. But it's, it's someone that Rick Grimes doesn't know that girl. Like, it's, that's no, the thing. But, like, yeah, no, this one, and, and I think you can tell it in, in Arnold's performance. It, it's weighing on him, yeah. but he realizes what has to be done. Yeah, this is one of those scenes. Like, there's a couple of scenes where it's just like Arnold's really bringing it. Yeah, like, I, I hope to see more. I, you know, I, it's too bad this movie didn't do well because I, I, I'm hoping he gets more roles like this. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the police show up. Yep, Ray and Holt. <laughs> Just do it. No, you do it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, you already said Holt in a way that I no, know. No, just do it. So Steve Holt. So yes. yes. Steve Holt. Arrested <laughs> Development. Yeah, so there's, there was a character in Arrested Development called Steve Holt. So. I, I, but he always had to, it, it was always Steve Holt. I mean, right. everything and every time he was on the screen, that's what you would say. Maybe this is what Steve Holt grew up to, you know. Maybe yeah. this, this is the grown up. You're right, because you only get Holt. You don't, I don't think you ever got anything else, whether Holt was his first name or last name. I don't think so. So maybe it is. Maybe Steve Holt grew up and he became a yeah, policeman just town, outside of Kansas City. Yeah, small town deputy. Yes. Um, so yeah, they're out here to, these, these two cops are out here to investigate you know the, what happened with Nathan and his daughter, and I, yep. I can't. I mean, I think this is a a really interesting thing that I wish it'd be interesting. It would be nice for another movie to explore this more thoroughly because I think it's really interesting. I don't think I've ever seen a zombie story where after having killed a zombie, you have to justify yourself to the police, you know, and like basically prove that like, look, there were zombies, you know, yeah. I, didn't, I did not commit murder; they were zombies. Like, here, do, do your investigation. You know, the police have to do an investigation here. Yeah, which no, I find really interesting. That that is, um, I I hadn't taken that specifically, but now that you're bringing it up, that is an interesting twist. And I can't remember again. I'm not a zombie expert. Yeah, but I can't think of anywhere. Yes, that it's viewed as a homicide. Right, and that it you know it may be justifiable, but it still needs to be. Uh, investigated. Well, at the very least, it's viewed. There's the potential for it to be viewed as homicide. You know, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty clear to all involved in this case that you know Wade killed two zombies and they were not they were not human. But yeah. uh, you know, I think maybe because this is one of the few zombie stories that's not apocalyptic, where right. society is sort of kind of trying to get back into you know all the all the, the normal of, routine. Yeah, all the infrastructure is kind of winding back up, uh, or possibly never fell apart all that much to begin with. It's not entirely clear, but it seems like kind of things fell apart for a, a little bit and now it's kind of rampant. Things are getting back together. That it got under control and, and things are returning to yeah. normal. And there are like, now there's infrastructure to deal with the zombies, you know, right. there's like, they, they all, they have like set processes, et cetera. You know, the hospitals have procedures and the police have procedures to deal with it. Uh, but yeah, I just, it's not this movie, and I, I shouldn't be pining for a diff, totally different kind of movie because it's not the movie they wanted to make. But man, I just want, you know, zombie detectives. Not, oh, they, not, not, well, not like detectives that are zombies, but you know what I mean. Oh, no, like, yeah. You, you want the, the guys who that's what they specialize in. They need to go in and check the crime scene and determine if they were zombies. But just imagining like almost like a Columbo where like, you know, a, a killer committed the perfect crime of making it look like he killed a zombie, but he actually, <laughs> you know, he, he was cold-blooded if murder. only and, Peter Falk was still alive to do that Columbo, that would be a great Columbo. Uh, no, it absolutely would. Having Peter Falk talk about zombies. <laughs> That you say he was the Walking Dead, or whatever. I can't do Peter Falk. So uh, as it's kind of darkness is setting in, Wade's still struggling, and then um, he's woken up in the middle of the night. And the other neighbor, who uh, is still a human, yeah. uh, Bonnie has has must have heard that uh, 
her husband and her daughter had uh, wandered over to Wade's and that Wade had, had killed them. So she's she's there to, I guess, confront them is really the... That's what it feels like at the very beginning, but I think it's more of she's looking for closure. Yeah, I mean, that's what it ends up being, but I think it's interesting the detail you left out, which is she has a pistol. Yeah, well, but, I said confrontational. I know, but like, it's one of those things where this movie is... Like in any other movie, this would have been a big like suspense moment, but it's really not. Like, even though she has his pistol and he he's does kind of he's he's carrying his shotgun and he's kind of tense, you know. There is a little bit of tension, but I think uh, this movie isn't really that. It, another movie would have really played this up for the tension, and this movie really just wants to, you know, it doesn't. It wants to get to the emotional moment, which is yeah, right. her her. She says, "I can you know, show me where they are," and she goes out to the bodies, and you know, she has, you know, she reacts and you know, basically just breaks down and cries. Yeah, and you in that you do get the that she that her daughter was four years old and 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 how it, it came to ha- yeah. came to be. But I, I do think this is another one of those that it's a good example of, and maybe this is the first example of the choices that Wade's going to have, right? And that you know, effectively, he could take the same path that Bonnie did, which is to stay with Maggie and potentially put himself and Caroline in harm's way of, I guess, being in denial. Because it seems like in some ways, Bonnie and her husband were in denial. Yeah. Well, I think her husband more, more so than her. Because uh, her husband's the one who he locked. The story she tells is that uh, he locked himself into a room with their daughter. Right. Who was bitten. Yes. And, uh, you know, basically, like, they were to the point where they should have taken her in to the quarantine. And he couldn't take it. So he just locked himself in with her until, you know, they both turn and then eventually they managed to get out yeah and maybe it wasn't naive maybe that was just he he would rather commit suicide that way and, and be with his daughter and, right. yeah, and, yeah. and that might be the choice that wade makes yeah i don't think i don't think there's any wrong choice you know like it's just one of those it's a situation where it's like well it's none of these choices no no good it. options no that's on for the sure. menu that's for sure yeah. so um you then have that after the emotional moment with with bonnie the uh you know it's kind of daybreak then um, before it was night, but the sun has peaked. Uh, the police are, are coming to arrest Bonnie. Uh, and they come to arrest her. Yeah, you think so? They absolutely. They put her in the back of the squad car. But but to arrest her? Why why are they arresting her? She pulled a pistol on Wade. Oh, okay, I guess I, so. I took it that Caroline called the police and yeah, but the, the, the police already said when they were there earlier that they were going to come out and pick up the bodies. They were, no, I I, 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 I took I, that completely that they were arresting Bonnie. Okay, you could be right. I didn't even consider that. I just thought that she was going with them because they were taking the bodies away. No. I, well, I Do mean, you see her in handcuffs or anything, or is it just is it just because she's getting into the squad car? She's getting in the back. I can't I don't remember if there's any handcuffs or not. But I, I took it in huh. and maybe I'm wrong and you're right, but I took it that they were arresting Bonnie. Because I, to me, there's two things, right? That she was supposed to, they, they were supposed to go to quarantine, didn't do that, put people in danger from that. And okay, then that's she, true. she showed up with a pistol. Yeah. And kind of, you know, granted, nothing happened, but I'm sure that's got, you know, some threats with a firearm has to be some sort of crime. So that's what I took as their arrest in Bonnie. It's an implicit threat. She never comes out and threatens him, but, you know, she is just coming to his house with a pistol. So I guess that's... that's yeah, a, well, she also marches, and marches him out. She's behind him, right? I know he's leading her there, but she's she's got the pistol on him as he's taking her to where the bodies are. Oh, if that's true, I didn't notice that. Okay, you're probably right. Yeah. I didn't know she was, like, taking him out like she's Humphrey Bogart, and, you know. Oh, no, I, I mean, I, I didn't think, you know, like, I didn't think Arnold was going to get killed. You know, this right. is about, I don't even know if this is halfway yet. 
But no, they, they completely leave it where she's trailing him with the pistol raised until even, she walks past him to, to go to the body. I did not notice the pistol yeah. was raised. So if that's the case, then yeah, I'll bet you're right that she's being arrested. Uh, and then so from there, Wade actually goes to Bonnie's house. Yeah, this is a nice moment. There's no yeah. dialogue at all. But it's just he's going and seeing what what happened there. And yeah. he finds the room where Nathan locked himself in with his daughter. And, yeah, and it looks like you know it, it's disheveled and like they had been there a while as zombies and basically had broken their way free. I mean, it's yeah. it's not a pretty scene. So I think it does a good job, again, with no dialogue. This is one of the options, and I, I think you can kind of tell that it's, it's not the one that, that Wade would choose. Well... Not really, though, because it's kind of it kind of is the one he chooses, isn't it? He, yeah, no. I, what Nathan did is closest to what Wade's it, ultimate decision is. Yeah, but no, but Nathan locked himself in. I, I think he cho- he was choosing to commit suicide. Yeah, with his daughter, where Wade isolated himself, but he Wade was ready to. I don't know though. He took, if that's the case, he took a big risk. We'll get there. He he took a big risk, but okay. So the last moment between the two of them. Yeah, I, well. Let's talk about it when we get there. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I, the one thing that grosses me out more than anything in this movie, because it's not really, it's not a gore movie, despite being about zombies, but it's, it's, it's here, and there's also one in the gas station where, like, the gross mattresses. Yeah. The- that, no, nothing grosses me out more than, like, disgusting mattresses. <laughs> And this movie, I got, like that the cutting the finger off wasn't nearly as disgusting no, as the gross mattresses. Not at all. That, 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 this mattress in particular, the one in the gas station was like, oh, that's, that's kind of gross. You know, you know it's, zombies are sleeping on them. I understand. <laughs> it's like they're leaking fluids. Yes. And, oh, this, this, you know, as disheveled and like messed up as this room is, that mattress. Well, I'm shuddering right now. <laughs> well, I, well, the other thing I had is I, I do think this is one of Arnold's best scenes and, and the tear that shed is, um, it, it, he Wade is clearly, you know, shaken by. I don't think it's only the mattress. You may have no. just been shaken by that mattress. The way that the mattress is an afterthought. I, yes. I have the benefit of looking through a TV screen. So yeah, it's just like, ew, that mattress is gross. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, this this to me, I actually had it. This is this is one of his best scenes, if not his best scene. Yeah, I'd say second. There's one later that I think tops this, but it's very very good. I, man, it's you know he deserves all the credit in the world for this movie yeah. for this performance. It's kind of it's. I was thinking about this. This is as good a time as any to bring it up. Uh, he kind of had, uh, I feel like in 2015, Stallone kind of drank his milkshake in terms of like the, the terminal illness uh, you know, accolades, <laughs> acting accolades. For Creed? Yeah, oh yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess what other movie could it have been? So yeah. I, was, I was trying not to spoil it, but I, it was stupid of me to try to talk around it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a terminal illness kind of storyline in Creed. Uh, that's all we should probably say, but... Uh, yeah, Arnold goes and makes this movie about terminal illness, and like it's supposed to be his big like acting like right. you know, to show what really expand his range, and then Stallone just swoops right in, right in, and says, <laughs> "Oh, what? Oh, really? I was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I won a Golden Globe. What have you done? Right, exactly. I felt kind of once I realized that, I'm just like, oh, poor Arnold. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, all right. So then after after that scene, a really you know tough scene. Uh, at first, I thought this was just, was just another one of, hey, here's some nature, but a fox gets established, and it's about, I don't know if it's even 30 seconds. Yeah, that's a, we see this fox a few times. Right. Just, it, does, it does seem like it's just one of those nature shots. Like, just, I oh. mean, eventually you get it does serve a purpose, but yeah. at first, my first feeling, I'm like, what is going on? Okay, here's, here's something to take a note on. So uh, af- after that, Wade gets a call uh, on a, I think it's a voicemail uh, that, 
from I, I don't know if it's the quarantine department, but whatever they, they, that the quarantine that the time is ticking away, and that she has a follow you know a follow up appointment at the hospital, and this is yeah. where they actually meet with uh, Doctor Vern. So I was a little too eager in my. Uh, well, I mean, he was mentioned earlier, so yeah. it's understandable. Uh, here's my question because I wasn't 100 percent clear on this: is is the doctor calling for the appointment? Is that Vern? No. Okay. So, think, do you think they're blowing off this appointment and like he's he's saying no 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 we're going to see Vern I don't want to see this quarantine doctor. No, I took it that it was from the same hospital and so he just took her in but got to see who he wanted to wanted to see her. Yeah, because that's the thing. It feels like he's really like Wade throughout this movie, and I think it's done in kind of a pretty realistic way. They don't put a real fine point on it, but Wade is obviously very like well liked in this community. And he's, yeah, like, everyone knows him, etc. He's pulling a lot of strings, and like you know, this is definitely one of the big ones of just you know he gets her out of the hospital, and then if if, if yeah, he's getting his special doctor because because uh, he's cashing in all kinds of chips. He really is, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I, I guess though it is believable though. I mean, if if oh, if he was going to be cashing them in, this is the time to cash them in, right? No, completely. But like he's really bending a lot of rules, like in a way that feels completely real and doesn't feel like the movie's. You know, yeah, the movie's not judging him for it all. It's like it's completely justified, but it's, you know, Vern falsifies his report yep. here and says, "Oh, that I'll, she's I'll, not advancing yeah, as he, fast as she she truly is." Yeah, he says, "Oh, she's advancing quickly, but I'll, I'll put down it slow so you can, you know, basically like to buy him some buy time. time." Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's just basically just a checkup and uh, so yeah, it's a checkup there, and you know, Maggie gets the news, but then outside you get an outside scene. Where oh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Vern has a separate conversation with Wade. They kind of talk about his options. Yeah, so he yeah. gives them the three options. I, I will say that they did work in Arnie's smoking a cigar, and I think he smokes cigarettes in this movie. That's really? I oh, I missed I, it then. I thought it was a cigar, but I could be wrong. No, I think I think it's cigarettes. Like that's because oh. I was going like, yeah, I thought. I mean, you you almost assume that because right. he's, he's a cigar smoker. Doesn't it have to be? No, I, I think it's cigarettes. It's, I'll it's, have to go back and check and. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I, I could have been. I just saw it because I just assumed that right, it's your be brain a cigar. just filled in. I'm I'm pretty sure. Which is yeah, which is very different. It's just, it's Simpson in the message. It's just like it's not the typical Arnold. Yeah, this Arnold smokes. I guess that would be more appropriate. It's like when Roger Moore smoked cigars instead of cigarettes yeah. when he took over Bond. Bond. <laughs> it's like this is this is his statement. So you know, just quickly running down the options. The options are sending Maggie to quarantine, where they will effectively euthanize through uh, like a lethal injection. Uh, he said under no circumstance, both agreed that that was not the option that was going to be chosen. Right. Uh, then it's basically for um, Vern to give the same lethal injection to Wade to administer at home, where she could at least die at home, but he indicates that all the information is it's outrageously painful, right. which leads to option three, which is just for Wade to effectively shoot her and and or give her some sort of quick death. Yeah. Well, the, the option three, just the, the three words he says is make it quick. Well, yeah. That's option three. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, is this, I didn't read too much into it, but is this movie making a statement about euthanasia? Do you think it's like trying, trying to make some kind of political statement? It didn't seem like it. Maybe it is. I, I, don't, I didn't tell you that it was. No. Yeah, I didn't either. Okay. I wasn't sure if you had some, like you'd picked up on something. That I didn't, but yeah, it just seems, it seems I, I it's mean, much more interested in the personal story that's going on. Than I think so. Political point of view. I, the only political thing now it wouldn't tie to Maggie, but I mean, you know, I, I do know that there are proponents that don't believe, including a lot of the drug companies now, are not allowing the combination of their drugs to be used in lethal injection as, in protest of the death penalty. 
So if there was any political you know, undertone, I could see that because... Well, this, that's, a, that's a death penalty. That's not euthanasia. Very, I, very different. I'm not issues. saying it's not different. I'm just saying that there, are, there aren't as many choices, and in some states they can't even administer lethal injection anymore because the drug companies won't allow the combination of their, their own drugs, their to, own be drugs to be used yeah. because of basically the political pressure from activist shareholders. Again, if there was anything, maybe that's it, but I don't think that there's any political subtext no, I don't think it's way there. I just, I just thought I'd bring it up. But but I, I agree. It's just really nothing. It's not. This doesn't have a political point of view, really. So then uh, they're heading back, and, and Arnold has, or Wade has a tape deck, which that is an old truck. Yeah. But man, yeah, finding tape working tapes, that would be tough. I mean, he, I'm sure he's had this tape forever. Yeah, so I'll bet he bought that tape when she was born. Probably. It's, it's, you know. So it's the song is Maggie by Oscar, Oscar Brown Jr., who I was not familiar with. Neither was I. Um, but I found the song on YouTube, and it's just like, you know, I like the song, and I was listening to some other stuff. I like, yeah, maybe I have to listen to more Oscar Check Brown Jr. It's from the 60s. I was impressed because on the X-Ray setting on Amazon streaming, that it gives you the music, too. So I, this is something I had told Kevin about that I just realized my Amazon streaming has on my Kindle and laptop, but not on my app on the TV, that you can watch a movie, and on the left side of the screen, it'll give you the IMDb actor picture and uh, their name, as well as then some general trivia from it. But apparently it does it for soundtrack stuff, too, because that's the only reason I knew what that song, who, who performed it, is that came up, too. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to some other podcasts I listened to mentioned that Amazon thing, so I think it must be new. Could be. I can't remember where I heard someone talking about it. It's like, oh, yeah, they have this new thing on Amazon. It's oh, like, oh it, you were just telling me about it. Yeah. I, and I will tell you right now that for Game of Thrones, I'm going to go back, and it's going to be fantastic to have that information right there. I know the Blu-rays. On, the Game of Thrones Blu-rays all have, have that it. stuff, too. So, so the, the one lighthearted scene really in this entire movie then follows this, and I, I think it's delivered really well from all of the, uh, all the three actors that are in the scene. I, this I'm not as in I'm, I don't really agree. Really? I didn't think. It, I mean, they're kind of laughing like, "Oh, her food's bad." Like, I, I didn't think it was really. I mean, it, it was it was nice to have a lighthearted scene because this movie is very dour. But I was I appreciated the change in tone, but I just didn't think it was funny. Oh, <laughs> see, I, I guess I just and maybe it's just because I share some of those moments, you know, with my kids. Um, I, I thought it was extremely believable that. And look, oh, I've been, I didn't think it was unbelievable. Oh, I've been on the. I've, I, 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 maybe too because I've been on the other side when my wife and my kids are ganging up on me, and I'm the one that they're laughing at. So I don't know. It it did make me laugh, and I don't know why. I, Arnold's delivered the food is delicious. <laughs> Caroline, your food is delicious. It made me laugh. I'm sorry. The one part that did make me laugh a little bit because he, he like, yeah, I think it's after he says that line, he makes a little like mouth. Yeah, like, just like gim, 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 gim. You know, something yes. like that. That made me laugh a little bit, but uh, I don't know. Just like bad food jokes. It's like airline food jokes. It's just like okay, I appreciate the effort. <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't yeah. laugh. Um, but it is another one of those where it's that's it. That's the entire scene. Right. And maybe it was longer and got cut, but I don't think so. I think it was just there that they needed something that wasn't so Debbie Downer. There's, you know, it kind of has a. There's a section here that is a little more lighthearted, and, or not lighthearted, but just a little more optimistic because this goes into maybe the most like fully realized scene in the whole movie. It was yep. Wade working on his truck. Yeah, and they have a conversation about uh, he and Maggie have a conversation about her mother. Yep. Which what's her what's her Maggie's mother's name? I have it written down somewhere. But I don't remember Samantha or something like that. I actually, that's the one I don't, I don't have. They only say it once, I think. I, I wrote it down, but I don't think it was here. I don't okay. Know. But it doesn't matter. 
but yeah, she was a bookworm, and Maggie's found some book that a Daisy's that I did have a Daisy's Journey. Okay, I, see, is that a real? I I, try, I tried to find that book, and also the one she mentioned uh, what was it Morning Light of the Past. I tried. I looked up both of those books. I googled, and I was like, I couldn't find anything. So I wonder if they were made up. I, they may be because what I what is funny is on the. <laughs> The Amazon X-ray. I assumed if they were real books, like, it would have come up. Yeah. It would have come up with um, a link. Why don't you buy this right now? I'm sure you're right. It is Amazon after all. That's, yes. their, bread, that's their bread and butter. Absolutely, books. it is. Yeah. No, I bet you're right. Yeah. So they must not be real books. I, was, I wasn't sure if I just couldn't find it, but anyway. I mean, I won't say for 100, percent but I, I just would have imagined that they would have easily plugged for me right. to to go and buy that. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, and then we learn uh, she was a bookworm and she had great legs. <laughs> yes, and that she was a fighter because she must she whatever. It's, I, I guess the implication is cancer. But that I think it's easy to assume that. Who knows what it, it could have been? Anything it, it could have been anything. Whatever it was, that it was prolonged and, and ultimately terminal. So right. you know, cancer is the the likely cause. But regardless, I think and maybe it's the reason why this movie it doesn't specify is because this movie is kind of it's about non specific terminal illness, yeah. and it's just like. That's the large topic of the movie, and so that's the topic of the scene. It's like keep it vague, so it's about all terminal illness. It's yeah. just like that's what the movie's about, right? I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter if this is one where if they told you specifically what it was, it doesn't matter. I mean, that right. that's not what they're they're yeah. trying to get at. But this is this is one case where I don't think I I don't feel you can leave it need. vague and it's fine. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to how Maggie got bit, bit. which I would like to I'd like to know more. Uh, so you get another really quick. Scene of the fox, and now the fox is trapped. Yeah. Well, first she has maggots in her arm, which is... I thought that came after the fox, but I, I could be wrong. I have it here. Maybe I wrote it in the wrong place, but it's, either, either way, it's gross. That's it all, was extremely gross. And, I, and I, Abigail Breslin, maybe they had... I don't know what, but she's definitely believable because she's freaked out, and I have to admit, I was pretty freaked out, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the fox. So, yeah, now the fox is trapped. Done with that scene. We'll we'll see you more of the fox. Oh, do you see it get trapped? Oh, you do. I think you just hear it. Right? You hear it. Okay. See, I, I, may, I, I must not have made that connection. I don't know. I, I may have. What, in the sections where like there's just imagery, I think I was checking out a little bit. Just like, <laughs> all right, imagery. Uh, I'll wait for the. Movies. You really need the plot momentum. I kind of do. I, it's, maybe it's it's a fault on my myself more than the movie. Just like yeah, if, if you're not giving me plot, I'm just checking out a little bit. See, I think I missed the the off screen. Because now that I'm thinking back, it's like, right, okay, I remember it whimpering. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's implied. I, yes, it yeah. does not show you, but it's implied. I missed that detail That's when I was fine. watching it. Uh, so then we get back to her friend Allie, who we, we didn't say it, but uh, it's Vern's daughter. And uh, he had said during Maggie's checkup, Allie's been you know, asking about you and I think yes. calling, and you're not calling her back. And, Call her back, doctor's orders. Yeah, doctor's orders. So Allie just shows up. She does the pop-in. She's, she's had enough. <laughs> Of being ignored. Yeah. Yeah, and then she invites her out to the, the reservoir. Yes, she invites her out, um, which is good to kind of get a, a change of pace and see, you know, s- some other people her own age. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see that. But before she heads out, uh, Caroline, her stepmother, gives her a, a daisy necklace, which she puts on. Is this necklace supposed to be, for, like, other than just being a daisy, is, it, is there any significance beyond that? Was her mother's or? She says she found it. Well, the Caroline says she found it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the only sig- significance, at least that I see, is that um, yes, it's a, I think, a connection to her mother, but also her name, uh, Marguerite, is the uh, 
the French word for Daisy. Right. So I, I think all of those are, are the reason why is they, they, they just oh, want, wanted well, her to have it. I mean, I get why the Daisy. I just wasn't sure if, like where this came from. Why no, I, now, I, here's this thing I found. I was like, how, how did, where did this come from? Yeah, I don't think it was a great introduction or being explained, but I don't think it was supposed to have been her mother's or anything like that. Yeah, I thought it just felt like something that I had missed. Again, like maybe there was a scene, like the way this is edited, and like I was talking about earlier, like, you know, feels like there are probably entire scenes that were filmed and not used. Like It could be, and what I, I could see it being is that maybe that's her excuse, and, and really she, I don't know if she went out and bought it, but maybe she's... She doesn't want to make a big deal about it. Yes. It's like, oh, I found this, yeah. Yeah, she, she maybe Caroline makes it up, but she feels bad maybe about could be, the yeah. illness or whatever. She doesn't want to make a big deal about it, so she just lies and says right. that she found it. But the important thing is is that she's giving her. Yeah, I, I believe that. Or just yeah. like not wanting to embarrass. In front of Allie yeah, and stuff like something. that. Yeah. So then, yeah, they, they head out. They're not going to the city. They're going to, uh, I don't know if it's really a bonfire, but they're you know going somewhere where probably they actually, before the outbreak, they probably just, as high schoolers would go there and get hammered, is my guess, right. and make bad decisions. You don't. They're not doing a lot. They're just. No. They just have like sparklers. Yeah. And just, you know. I mean, I would have liked to have this have been a little more. Uh, yeah, of them getting hammered or something. <laughs> it's just something. Also, you know, there's a, so there's this. Uh, uh, what's his name again? This kid who's also been bitten, Trent. Trent. But like he's there, and there's a scene with her and the bus, and they kiss. But it's just like I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know how old they're all supposed to be, but. Uh, they're both gonna die. Right. I mean, maybe maybe some like imply like they they kiss and then they cut away. It's like who knows what happened, but you don't between know between them not drinking and like these two not doing anything. They just kiss. You, you just, wanted it to be a typical like teenager. Well, um, I mean, considering considering the circumstances, it's like you know this is a moment where it's supposed to be like them trying to like you know they're 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 both they both have a death sentence and it's just like you know this this the whole purpose of this party basically is to like lift their spirits or just like kind of. Have something take, fun take, to yeah, do. take their mind off of their basically their terminal illness. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe. But the thing is, is that some of it is that Trent's friend re- reminds him, you know, of it. Right, and yeah. this is where you get what the reality uh, from Trent's perspective. His uncle uh, is a doctor, or I don't know if it's doctor, somebody in, in quarantine. Right. Uh, that it's it, it's horrific um, in the way that people are treated and. The actual administration and all that—that it's—it's not pretty. Um, yeah, the story—the story he tells is really horrific. But then we've seen the quarantine, haven't we? Or have, did, no, what I we saw in the hospital—that's not the quarantine zone. That's something different. I—I I, I don't think that's where they administer. No, I—I I think that that's like the staging area until where you then probably take them somewhere far away from the hospital. Is my guess. Okay, because it seems like there's conflicting stories about how. You know, like patients who are who have turned are treated. Oh, excuse me. I don't know if it's it's that noticeable to to people that I'm getting over a cold. I was saying to you earlier, like it's it's appropriate of all of the episodes. Yeah, this I'm this getting, is the perfect movie for it. Uh, you haven't turned, as far as I can tell, no, though, so we're uh, good. Endure my sniffling. Uh, I'm trying to keep it off, Mike. Uh, what were they talking about? <laughs> Uh, so at least what I had then is that, yes, we, we have, they have some moment inside the school bus. You don't really know what. Oh, sorry. I, let me back up and finish my thought. And I remember now, uh, it's basically like, cause we see a little bit in the hospital, but then the story that Vern tells of just like, they get a lethal injection and it's really painful. Like that doesn't seem consistent with, uh, what, what, uh, Trent is saying in terms of just like, Oh, they throw them in a room and let them eat each other. Like that doesn't seem like there's any lethal injection. I don't know. I just, uh, just that's the one thing I wasn't clear on in terms of like 
reconciling those two stories. Yeah, no, well, I guess what I said, there's somewhat of an inconsistency, but what it could be is that until the lethal injection is actually carried out, you know, it's probably one of those jobs where maybe it's overse- you know, overseen by armed guards or whatever, but they really don't care what happens inside of there and that probably some horrific stuff could happen, you know, between people that are expendable. Yeah, I mean, based on Trent's story, there wouldn't be anything left to administer lethal injections to, but I don't know. No, but there, I, it's probably not really important. I, yeah. just, I just wasn't really clear. I, I felt like there was a lot of things in this movie that I just was missing, and I think a lot of it is just the style and me checking out. So, it's it's I you know I did like the movie, and I'm not giving it enough. I, I didn't give it, uh, give it enough of my attention. Clearly, it's just one of those things I struggle with. Apparently, but uh, yeah, I just I mean, you're probably right that it's just they're throwing a room, and also there's lethal injections. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So then uh, morning, morning is coming again. Allie drops off and says, says goodbye and has a little bit of a hard time because she also realizes that the, it's goodbye forever because she's – they say something about you know next weekend, but more likely than not, Maggie yeah. will be gone by then. I like that moment. Like, yeah. that's, that's a really well-written moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because she goes uh, – Well-performed, I think, too. Yeah, also, 100%. Because you know, when she's just like, I'm going I'm to see you next weekend, I'm going to hold you to that, and Maggie like – her reaction was just like, "Oh yeah, okay." Like she's like, she knows that's not going to happen, right? And then her friend is just like, "Oh, I'm, you know, you know, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I love you, et cetera. And they hug, and it's just like, "Yeah, that's her realizing that she said a dumb thing, and then going trying to make up for it." Like yeah. that's really well done. Yep. Uh, so then at breakfast, Maggie. Uh, well, actually, it's not at breakfast; it's in the morning. This is setting up another kind of tense moment. Maggie smells food that isn't actually cooking, which is one of the symptoms that we didn't really cover, but one of the symptoms of the progression right. would be that, that a heightened sense of smell. Right, and just, like, you know, it's, it, I mean, it makes sense with the idea, like, that people smell like food. Yes. That, which is terrifying. Uh, <laughs> the idea that they're not zombies yet, but people smell like food, like, when, when you're close to turning. Right. Yeah, that's a terrifying idea. And then so Caroline is somewhat terrified. She, uh, when she goes downstairs to check to see, she thinks maybe it's, you know, Wade downstairs cooking something. She goes down also to get some eye drops, checks. She grabs, um, like, sewing scissors, which are really, really sharp scissors, and, and goes up. And it's another one of those because, you know, this is an original script. And Caroline certainly is way more expendable than Arnold is in terms of um, – famous actors in this movie. Yeah. So I think this does a pretty good job that you, you don't know if, if something's going to happen here, but ultimately nothing does. See, I never really got the sense that something was going to happen. It, it didn't seem like she was that far gone, even though like it, she is smelling her, you know, yes. which, is, which is creepy, but it didn't seem like she was even close to turning. So at no point did I think anything was going to happen, but you know, I think the movie is trying to make you worried about it. Believe something is going to. So then uh, Maggie gets a call from Trent shortly uh, shortly after this, and uh, she takes off and heads over to his house. Yeah, and this is the example of the other way to go. Yes. You were talking about, like, these, these are basically the two options of, you know, Nathan, and he locks his daughter up and, like, basically go, goes with her, and but uh, Trent's father is, he's perfectly happy to send him away to quarantine. Yep. Despite maybe not perfectly happy, but well, he's, right. he's but come that's, to that's the decision he's made. Right, he's You're come right. to that of again of the unpalatable options. He's determined that that's the better one. Yeah, happy is the wrong wrong word to use. Yes, the, the one continuity error here is that uh, when Maggie's headed up, she puts her left hand on the uh, wall heading up the stairs, and the finger that you uh, you did not like the prosthesis uh, that was used it 
it's her full hand. So, you know, this obviously either was shot, before, you know, earlier or something was missed there because that, that's a pretty big miss. I, I, I didn't notice that. But I did notice when, when uh, Vern is, is uh, examining her and he's looking at the severed finger, she's obviously just, like, curling her finger <laughs> back. Like, you can kind of <laughs> see it. Using the old, the old magician's trick. Right, exactly. The, the pulling your thumb off thing. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's it, it it's not that that bad, but uh, I didn't notice this one. Yeah, but like SWAT team is here and everything. Like they're right. They're not messing around. Nope they're they're extracting, and you you get kind of as the viewer the the other as you said the other option. Yeah, they take them away. Like it's it's really uh, it's pretty brutal. Yep. Like this movie is not sugarcoating this moment at all. Like you know, there's no like he's not you know. The, the, I think on the other movies might be tempted to go like have him go like oh, I I understand it's okay and like forgive his father it's like no no he's, he's Trent is not he's cool not okay with, with it and it that's it's probably real yeah no for sure uh so yeah so Trent heads off to quarantine and now we uh, we head back and uh, the fox that has had a couple of scenes. Uh, finally is the payoff. The, the first time through, there's other scenes, and I just, I didn't know what was going on, but I got to make a note. Well, second time through, yeah, yeah. You, you know, what happens, which Fox doesn't make it. Is this trap, do you think, for some other animal? I, I wasn't sure why they have this trap out there. Uh, well, is it a zombie I mean, trap, maybe? Like, no, I don't uh, think it's a zombie trap. What I, I think it, it might be is if they, you know, it, it is a working farm, and if they're raising any kind of chickens or anything, then if there was a fox out and about, they oh, that's true. they they he probably said it to catch this fox, not for this intended outcome. But right, right. Um, yeah, I, 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 you never see any livestock or chickens or anything, so I didn't. You're right, but there probably is some somewhere. Fox isn't fox isn't going to help them on a farm. So no, I, I can you know completely believe if there was a no, fox I'm, that they knew about. He, Wade was probably trying to catch it. No, you're right. That just shows my ignorance. I forgot he was a farmer. It's just like, <laughs> oh right, yeah. As, as you were saying, it's like, yeah, it makes sense. A farmer would want to catch a fox. But she does more than she does more than catch this fox. Yeah, unfortunately. So this is where you get um, when she runs into the house and she's you know covered in blood. Yeah. Uh, well, first she she brings a gun out there. Maggie goes and gets the gun. Yeah, shotgun. I'm, just, I'm not sure what she was planning to do, but I don't think she uses the gun. No, she doesn't. But and. You eventually get that um, when she comes back in and explains what happened, that she couldn't control herself and all she wanted to do was help. And I, I think we had heard that maybe before um, that they, you know, they don't necessarily. Maybe it was from Vern, but they don't. They don't know what they're. They're not trying to hurt people. Right. They just don't understand. They can't stop themselves. They can't stop themselves. Well, right. uh, part of Trent's story is that maybe it was Trent. You're right. Yeah, because what he tells he we, we said he tells the story about how he got paid. We, we didn't actually go into detail, but yeah, he tells the story about how there was a girl like out in the field, and he like wanted to help her. Right. Yeah, that's what you're thinking of because he wanted to help her, and he like turns. He says he turns Turn for a second, and she, she bit him, and, and, and Trent says the girl looked like she felt guilty about that's what, it. Yeah, like she, but that she couldn't. She couldn't st- stop, stop herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that actually reminds me. I didn't. I, w- I would have done the research if I had remembered. I'm only remembering just now. But uh, a friend of mine, uh, Peter, told me about a novel that was about this from the point of view of a zombie. But it's like a guy who can't. It's he has no control over himself at all. But he's still like alive and awake and gotcha. fully like aware of everything that's happening. And uh, but yeah, it sounds like maybe this is a similar situation where it's like you're aware in there, but you just can't control. You can't it. stop it. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which would be a terrible. Yeah, terrible thing. That's way more terrible. And if that's the case, then 
you know, when they're, you're killing a zombie, they really are, you, you know, you are inflicting pain onto your friend or whatever. Like, that's, yeah. you know, but it's not, it's not clear if that's the case, but it's a little hints of it. If, like, if, if they look guilty, like, maybe. Maybe. Which would be the most terrifying thing of all. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie definitely it, it approaches the, the zombie thing in a couple, you know, your detective, which I really had not had a note about, but that too, from kind of their perspective, is that maybe it's not pain, but emotionally yeah. if there's still something there yeah. then, then that, that is pretty terrifying yeah there's a, there's a category of zombie movies like I was saying earlier where they're just ghouls yeah they're just ghouls to be you know murdered and right. like, it's almost like you know how can we make a, a movie or whatever about killing people where we don't have to feel bad about killing the people no, That's a, I mean video games love zombies for that reason it's yeah. just like yeah kill as many zombies as you want they're just yeah. monsters they're okay. just monsters don't worry about it yeah no not, this movie is not they're, they're people no. that's for sure so Wade is uh, after he gets the story, he's going to get out, and he, the the fox isn't dead, and but obviously is uh, severely wounded, yeah. and this this sets up kind of the the other option of what Wade and there is a lot of dread as well, as he goes out to with with his gun for this fox. Before he goes out there, though, this the moment that I had where I thought it was the best. His Arnold's best acting of the movie is when she comes in with the blood running down her chin, and he's hugging her and saying it's okay, it's okay, and the look on his face. Yeah, God, he's he's. That's it's the best like, single shot of Arnold's acting I think ever. It's completely like basically wordless. He's just saying it's okay, it's okay, yeah. like under his breath. No man, the look on his face of just him. He, he understands what's going on, and uh, I, I, it's um, unfortunately it's not the kind of thing we can play a clip because it's entirely on visual. His face, but yeah, yeah, that shot. I thought that he was, he was incredible in that, that scene. Yeah, no, he nails that, and then has a significant look of dread as he kind of walks out knowing what he has to do but it you know it's to set up for the audience too this is kind of the last option that he's going to have to have and the one i think he probably realizes is that this is the one i'm going to have to choose and this is terrible yeah no definitely i mean yeah him him shooting this fox is obviously like that's the yeah, metaphor. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, no question about it. Yeah. And the, the he's Maggie just, is the fox. He's yeah, he's going through the motions realizing that I'm going to have to do this again, and it, it's going to be a lot tougher yeah. in, you know, whatever, a day, two days, three days, whatever it is. Yeah, he's definitely not ready to do it yet because this is where Caroline, she, yep. she comes into the bedroom and basically says, like, it's time. you got to do something, and he, he, he is not ready. Yep. He's not ready, and she's, she's effectively leaving because it's not safe. And this is where you do get he, – he says, well, what if it was, you know, uh, right. Bobby or Molly? And she's like, no, you know, basically yeah. cuts it off right there. He we, plays the stepmother card. And yeah, she's like, it's she's, not. It's not about that. No, she's and, and I don't think in anything we've seen either is that believable. So she's completely justified in her indignation that no, this has absolutely nothing to do with that. Yeah, I agree. I think she, she's in the right there for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then there's a scene where he feeds her sausage and bacon and another. You know, Arnold's doing such great work in this movie. Where he's just just watching her eat like yep. really, really intently, just trying to like read the situation. Yeah, and see is it is it getting worse? Uh, how basically how much time do I have left? Is is really kind of what he's doing through the rest of this movie? Yeah, I mean, it's, so much of this movie is not dialogue driven, and I think really nothing. There's really not a lot, not any dialogue through the rest of this movie. It's just this so much, so much goes through his eyes as he's just watching her eat, and just saying like, what's going on behind her eyes? Like he's just right. really, really watching her, not, but also like being really compassionate and just can't praise Arnold well enough done. in this movie. Yeah. So then. Uh, after that scene, which is basically, I don't know if it's breakfast, but it's certainly early in the day. You then get go right to night. You get nothing else in between. Yeah. Arnold's sleeping. Maggie's roaming the hallways. Yeah. It's a little ominous, but 
Nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's trying to build tension. It's trying yeah. to make you think, make you worried for Wade's safety. Yeah. Uh, I was never really that worried concerned. about it. Yeah, I just didn't, it didn't seem like they were, they weren't really going for the tension. I, uh, another, there's another, there are other versions of this movie where they would have really ramped up that tension, but this one's pretty low-key. Yeah. Uh, so then the next day we get uh, Steve Holt yeah, and uh, Ray coming back to check in, and there's there's an altercation because Holt is extremely Steve uh, Holt tackles Arnold. Yes, he's because he's well Arnold first does get in his way because right. Holt wants to go and check in on Maggie, and uh, Wade's having nothing to do with that. Yeah, so he blocks his path, and he is carrying an axe because he was chopping wood again. Still not nearly as much as John Matrix. Yeah, but I mean, really, the reason really he's carrying this axe is because they want to es- like really they escalate, ramp yeah. up the tension of yeah. this, this confrontation. So he almost chokes Steve Holt. Uh, with, he's just Steve Holt now. Yeah, he's Steve Holt. <laughs> uh, he, he almost like chokes him out. Yeah, with the handle, which I I was surprised that, and I understand again. This is the as you said, cashing in a lot of chips that Ray, you know, he gets what he needed to see, which was that Maggie's you know quote unquote okay. She, I mean, she's breathing heavily. I mean, it's really getting close. Yeah. Uh, but I think like, maybe, I, who knows what the like laws are, if there are laws or what the procedures are. But I mean, she is not a zombie. No, officially not a zombie. I think so. I think he's justified in not taking her in, but still, but he probably should have taken her in. Yes, but and also that uh, his his you know law enforcement partner has you know been choked with an axe handle, and he he, oh, right. he effectively uses adjudication and says that Holt probably overstepped his bounds by tackling Arnold. Or, or Wade, and then Wade definitely overstepped his bounds, and it's basically like, all right, we got one we needed here. The two of you need to separate, and let, let's not escalate and turn something, I, I won't say minor, but let's not escalate the situation and make it worse. But then he also gives the warning to Wade that he, he's coming back. Right. I mean, it, it, Wade has no more chips left to play. Like This no. is basically it. He, he cashed in the last one. Yeah, for sure. Uh yeah, and there's a little scene. It's one of these like like one or two lines of dialogue scenes where she's like, you know, she's scared, and he's going, "I'm not going to let you take let them take you, and you're not going anywhere." Right. Uh, oh, and then the daisies, right? Right. So then they uh, take he takes Maggie back to the where her mother is buried, and um, is she buried there, or is it just a garden? She just had a garden back there. He calls I, it her garden, but it could also mean that she's buried there. He, I guess. he calls it her garden. I took it as that she's buried there as well. Yeah, I mean, that's and, it's a know, reasonable assumption. Yeah, and that um, before Maggie had left, she said that she told Wade that he should plant daisies there, that they would grow, and sure enough, they have grown. Oh, I, it's not clear where this is, but it's just, it seems strange to me that she has never been out there. I mean, whatever, right? Maybe it hasn't been that long. Yeah. I don't know how I, long it takes daisies to grow. I, <laughs> I had that question, and I didn't look it up to see how long it takes daisies to grow, and I'm like, you know what, let's just I'm sure let it go. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's reasonable, and who knows, but... Uh, uh, yeah, oh, and then Vern comes by with the cocktail. Yes. His, his lethal injection cocktail. And Vern then basically just suggests, because I think in that scene, yeah, uh, Wade is, is holding his rifle for whatever reason, and he... Vern basically says, I, I'd choose the rifle. Right. Yeah. It's kind of just a repeat of the earlier scene. Yeah. I mean, other than the fact that he needed to bring out the, the lethal injection, like the, the whatever. The... Yeah, he, they needed to, uh, and maybe they could have established it a different way, but I think they wanted to establish, yes, that he has come out and, and given him you know, what 
right? The the other option, and which one is he going to pick? But he's clear, he's made it clear that he's not going to use that, right? Or he, well, he, I guess he's made it clear that he's not going to bring her in to quarantine. To quarantine. That, that's the only one that he's made it abundantly clear. He yeah, I guess you're right. He he may end up using this. He hasn't decided at this point. Right. Uh, so then Maggie calls her. <clears throat> Uh, I think both of her siblings, but it's, you know, talking to Bobby right. on the phone, and it's basically as as I as we said before, she wasn't gonna ever see him again. But this was basically her calling to say goodbye for the last time yeah. because she's so close to the end. Yeah, and then uh, she passes out, and Wade finds her on the floor. Yes, right. Yeah, this is I think the the one moment where I actually thought maybe something might happen. Yeah, because she, she she like there's like a struggle and. It, it, you can see in her eyes that she's she's she has turned almost not there. I mean, she basically turns and then turns back. Yeah, like she there's a moment she, where they're struggling and she's trying to like, you know, she's doing the her. zombie thing and then she suddenly recognizes him and you know, it's like daddy and you know, right. starts crying. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the only time she really. Well, I guess I guess at the end she really is pretty close to being a zombie, but this, she actually turns for a moment, which is kind of yeah you know, a scary moment. And then, uh, so she she effectively then kind of goes back to sleep, and then Wade is just gonna sleep in the chair. And but he he he's armed and kind of waiting for the end. He's not actually sleeping though. That's the thing. This is what I meant earlier. And now is the point where we can talk about it. But like when I said, like he basically chooses the Nathan route of you know the Nathan the guy who Isol- locked, locked himself in yeah, the isolating room. Isolating himself. Like he's he's pretending to be asleep. Maggie comes down. She looks basically like a zombie, but you're not sure. I mean, she's certainly not doing well. And uh, there's the moment where it looks like the movie's trying to make you think that she's going to attack or whatever, but right. she, she like, leans in and like smells him, but then she kisses him on the forehead. Yeah. Uh, which is a nice moment. But I just, I, I never, at, at no point, I don't know if it was like the, the music or the direction or editing or what, but at no point that I think, you know, the, the movie's trying to play it up. She's like, oh, is she going to attack? Is, is she a zombie or is she going to yeah. kiss him? And then she kisses him on the forehead. You know, I I never thought she was actually going to attack. Uh, but yeah, he's faking asleep, being asleep, and it's like he he's really risking. Did you you being, thought he was faking? I didn't. I thought he fell oh, asleep. I, I thought it was pretty clear that he was faking. Oh, because there's a shot. It shows his like it, it racks focus to his hand on the on the on the shotgun, and he like tightens his grip on the shotgun. I mean, you could say he's asleep and just like doing oh. it in his sleep. I missed that. Then and then okay. as soon as she leaves, his eyes open. I'm I I really interpreted that as he's pretending to be asleep and you know he's just I mean I think he it, maybe if he if she attacks he's just going to try to spring to action or something but in my mind it's almost like he doesn't want to do it and he'd just almost rather yeah no, die than that's interesting I'll, I'll go back and and watch that scene again and maybe you're right maybe he's he's trying to make that choice but ultimately doesn't have to because. Maggie makes a different choice for him. She's she's not completely gone. Yeah, she's almost there. She says goodbye, and then ultimately she climbs up onto the same roof where she had the scene with Bobby and and jumps off. And yeah, well, I mean, Wade does seem willing to do because after she leaves, he picks up a shotgun shell and he's it's okay. Now he's now he's ready to do it, but she basically spares him having to having kill to do her, it. Yeah. yeah, and kills herself. Yeah. which it's a, it's a nitpick, but. Jumping off of a second story. I mean, she's basically half dead already, so yeah. I'm sure that the shock of falling from the, that roof would kill her. But And um. I, do, I do think that it established from the wire angle that it, it, it's a two-story, but I, I do think it's a pretty high second story. Yeah. Um, but it's a nitpick. I'm sure she did. I'm sure it's, it's, it, it, it certainly is borderline, though. But again, it wasn't going to be in the city, so and I, 
I yeah, think too, you didn't want it to be too violent of a death, you know, because that that's not the tone. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, that shot of her falling, where it's a close up, and like you, like they try to like show the reflection in her eyes of her, like seeing the ground yeah. rushing up at her in her eyes, which yeah. was an interesting choice. I mean, yeah, they probably didn't want to. They didn't want to have a splat. Like right. you know, they had to figure out a way to do it to tell the audience that <clears throat> not leave it ambiguous. Right. I think it worked. I mean, it, maybe it's not perfect and ideal, but I thought it worked fine. No, I agree. I think it works fine. It's just, you know, as suicides go, jumping off of things. But Agreed. Yeah, she's half dead, so yeah, yes. I buy it. And yeah. so that, uh, you know... It, Some heaven inventory, and in like we talked about earlier, but that's basically the end of the movie. That's it. Yeah, yeah. so this has definitely been a, a different one. and uh, That's for sure. Is a downer. <laughs> There's some things that I really liked, and, you know, we, we both in it. Arnold, I, and it, really everybody in it, I think the acting is all really well done. It's you know not maybe a perfect script or perfectly put together, but I think it works overall. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's certainly you wouldn't call it like a masterpiece or anything. Like it's like you know I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but I think it's definitely a good take on the subject matter. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna you know use zombies to tell a story about dealing with a family member with an illness, like you know it, it, that's what it does. It accomplishes that. Like it's a really you know compelling look at that uh but yeah no it was good i, I enjoyed it yeah so yeah. what's next uh well i think we should after after this uh downer <laughs> this is really you, uh, you need to pick me up yeah we need to get back are to, you going on a comedy <laughs> to have polar opposites no that, that would have been the actual polar opposite but no i just want to get back to mainline arnold all right and the reason why i said i should have picked up on the two weeks uh i really should have picked up on the two oh, weeks oh man coming. all right because uh it's Paul Verhoeven, here we come. Let's get her ass to Mars. It's time to do it. All right. Yeah, total recall. Let's get let's get back to some like solid yes. meat and potatoes, Arnold. I mean, this this was a nice like you know fancy meal. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice to go out to a fancy restaurant and get like the little like, squiggly like free free range rabbit with yeah, herb exactly. French fries from uh, American Psycho. Time time to, to for some meat and potatoes, Arnold. Because uh, even though I did like Maggie, it was just like. We we need to get back to our what, yeah. we, what we know. I, yep. I I I hope this episode was interesting because you know I don't I don't know this is a very somber movie so hopefully it was interesting but yeah let's get back to <laughs> you know, let's get back to basics. Really have, have, I need to have some a little bit of fun after that one. I yeah I understand but I, again I I'm the reason I picked it is I wanted to do something we hadn't seen and no I'm uh, glad you did. I, yeah. I, it was interesting. It was worth seeing for sure. Yeah. And, uh, it's hard, I, to, hard to talk about. That's all. hard to talk about, but I will. I'll say the same thing. I don't know if I would watch it again, but I think I would recommend it if somebody was interested in seeing either Arnold act or a different perspective on you know terminal illness zombie yeah. you know kind of genre. But is it one you see over and over again? No, probably not. Yeah, and I hope it leads to bigger and better things for yeah. Arnold's acting career. Yeah, stretching uh, stretching his boundaries a little bit. Maybe because you know he and Stallone did their like crossover Expendables and and also uh, with the, Escape, like, plan. Escape Plan. Maybe now they can do their their like drama together. They can do like, their, oh, like <laughs> Terms of Endearment or something. <laughs> that would be awesome. Now that they're stretching their acting jobs. Uh, yeah, but anyway, that's that's the show. So uh, tune in uh, when we talk about Total Recall. Until then, uh, you can write us an email at questions at bpamg.com. And uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, Bad Puns Podcast. And if uh, you enjoyed this or any of the previous episodes, please like us and give us a review on your podcast app of choice. 
And I have one last item of business, which was very difficult, like so oh, many I, things on this movie. I can't even imagine. Uh, it was very difficult. but I, I, I had to do the body count, even though I was reluctant to do so. Yes. Like, we have our obligations. So. But I feel, I feel comfortable with this okay. in the uh, latest rule in a crisis situation. And I don't think it's just for you know, action-type movie crisis situations, uh, especially with this one. I had to stretch it a little bit. So the rule is never, ever... Use a public restroom. <laughs> <laughs> that is super appropriate. Yeah, yeah. So, I, as you know, it, some of these are a stretch. Sometimes this one was going to be tough, but when I really thought about, it, I'm like, yeah, even if it wasn't the zombie apocalypse, I don't yeah. like using public restrooms. So, never ever use a public no, restroom. You, you rose to the occasion for that rule because that's a, that's Thank just you. a good rule in life. In life, exactly. Yeah, but in this movie, in crisis situation or other, I mean, these could be life rules too. Yeah, agreed. So, so yeah. Anyway, yeah, Total Recall coming out in two weeks. Two weeks. Thanks for listening. Thank you. To bounce my baby on my knee And see her laughing back at me Makes living sweet as it can be My little Maggie To see her try to dance and sing Oh man, she's into everything Must find a rocking horse To bring my little Maggie B Now did you ever see Such a stubborn sleepyhead Crying cause it's time for bed Poor little Maggie, then in the morning she lights up like a Christmas tree, claps her little hands.